0: Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the word. Lord, today we give us blessings, Lord. Shower us with your blessing, Lord. Give us ears to hear your word, Lord God, as we read from the Bible, July 28th. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for all the pastors. That contribute to the body of Christ, Lord. We ask you to bless them exceedingly, abundantly. Above all, they ask for thank. Bless the body of Christ, Lord God, with your word. Do your word, Lord God, towards the body of Christ. For so the people in need, manifest, Lord God. Lord, let that scripture come true, Lord. That the the money of the of the wicked belongs to the righteous, Lord. Yes. That Lord. they will bring it to them. How does that scripture go?
1: Um. Uh...
0: The wealth of the
1: okay, a father. Okay, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the for the. the wealth
0: righteous. of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. Let it be, Lord God. Bless the body of Christ, so they'll have sufficiency to do supernatural, Lord. I
1: think it, somebody it says it leaves uh, the beginning. It says uh, that the a. Uh, a righteous man, maybe, leaves an inheritance to his his children. children. And, and the it, wealth of the sinner is laid up for
0: the just. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. See, best. that's an amazing mind you have. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 21 to 23, 21. When Jehoshaphat died, he was buried with his answer in the city of david Then his son Jehoram became the next king. Jehoram's brothers, the other sons of Jehoshaphat, were Asariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Asariahu, Mikael, and Shephtatia. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat king of Judah. Their father had given each of them valuable gifts of silver, gold, and costly items, and also some of Judah's fortified towns. However, he designated Jehoram as the next king because he was the oldest. But when Jehoram had become solidly established as king, he killed all his brothers and some of the other leaders of Judah. Why? Wow. Why? Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. But Jehoram followed the examples of the king of Israel and was as wicked as king Ahab. For he had married one of Ahaz's daughters, so Jehoram did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But the Lord did not want to destroy David's dynasty, for he had made a covenant with David and promised that his descendants would continue to rule, shining like a lamp forever. During Jehoram's reign, the Edomites revolted against Judah and crowned their own king. So Jehoram went out with his full army and all his chariots, the Edomites surrounded him and his chariot commanders, but he went out at night and attacked them under the cover of darkness. Even so, Edom has been independent from Judah to this day. The towns of Libna had also revolted about the same time. All this happened because Jehoram had abandoned the Lord, the God of his ancestors. He had built pagan shrines in the hill country of Judah and had led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to give themselves to pagan gods and go astray. Then Elijah, the prophet, wrote Jehoram this letter. This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. You have not followed the good example of your father Jehoshaphat or your grandfather King Asa of Judah. Instead, you have been as evil as the king of Israel. You have led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to worship idols just as King Ahab did in Israel. And you have even killed your own brothers, men who were better than you. So now the Lord is about to strike you, your people, your children, your wives, and all that is yours with a heavy blow. You yourself will suffer with a severe, intense disease that will get worse each day until your vows come out.
1: Wow, how would you like that? That's not good.
0: Then the Lord stirred up the Philistines and the Arabs who lived near the Ethiopians to attack Jehoram. They marched against Judah, broke down its defenses, and carried away everything of value in the royal palace, including the king's sons and his wives. Only his youngest son Ahaziah was spared. After all this, the Lord struck Jehoram with a severe intestinal disease. The disease grew worse and worse, and at the end of two years, it caused his vows to come out, and he died in agony. Wow. His people did not build a great funeral fire to honor him as they had done for his ancestors. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. No one was sorry when he died. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery. Then the people of Jerusalem made Ahaziah Jehoram's youngest son, their next king, since the mourning bands who came with the arrows had killed all the other sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, reigned as king of Judah. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. One year! His mother was Athaliah, a granddaughter of King Omri, Ahaziah also followed the evil example of King Ahaz's family, for his mother encouraged him in doing wrong. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Ahaz's family had done. They even became his advisors after the death of his father, and they led him to ruin. Following their evil advice, Ahaziah joined King Joram, the son of King Ahab of Israel, in his war against King Hazel of Aram and Ramah Gilead. When the Armenians wounded Joram in the battle, he returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds he had received at Ramat. Because Joram was wounded, King Ahaziah of Judah went to Jezreel to visit him. But God had decided that the visit would be Ahaziah's downfall. While he was there, Ahaziah went out with Joram to meet Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, when the Lord had appointed to destroy the dynasty of Ahab, whom the Lord had appointed to destroy the dynasty of Ahab. While Jehu was executing judgments against the family of Ahab, he happened to meet some of Judah's officials and Ahaziah's relatives. They were traveling with Ahaziah, so Jehu killed them all. Then Jehu's men searched for Ahaziah, and they found him hiding in the city of Samaria. They brought him to Jehu, who killed him. Ahaziah was given a decent burial because the people said he was the grandson of Jehoshaphat, a man who sought the Lord with all his heart, but none of the surviving members of Ahaziah's family was capable of ruling the kingdom. When Athaliah, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of Judah's royal family. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehosheba, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children, who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom. In this way Jehosheba, wife of Jehoiada, the priest and sister of Ahaziah, hid the child so that Athaliah could not murder him. Joash remained hidden in the temple of God for six years while Athaliah ruled over the land. In the seventh year of Athaliah's reign, Jehoiah the priest decided to act. He summoned his courage and made a pact with five army commanders, Asariah son of Jeho- Roham, Ishmael son of Jehonanan, Asariah son of Obed, Masaya son of Adiah and Elieh son of Sikri. These men traveled secretly throughout Judah and summoned the Levites and clan leaders in all the towns to come to Jerusalem. They outgathered at the temple of God where they made a solemn pact with Joash, the youngest king. Jehoiada said to them, Here is the king's son. The time has come for him to reign. The Lord has promised that a descendant of David will be our king. This is what you must do when you priest... And Levites come on duty on the Sabbath, a third of you will serve as gatekeepers. Another third will go over to the royal palace, and the final third will be at the foundation gate. Everyone else should stay in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. Remember, only the priests and Levites on duty may enter the temple of the Lord, for they are set apart as holy. The rest of the people must obey the Lord's instructions and stay outside. You Levites Form a bodyguard around the king and keep your weapons in hand. Kill anyone who tries to enter the temple. Stay with the king wherever he goes." So the Levites and all the people of Judah did everything as Jehoiada the priest ordered. The commander took charge of these men reporting for duty that Sabbath, as well as those who were going off duty. Jehoiada the priest did not let anyone go home after their shift ended. Then Jehoiada supplied the commander with the spear and the large and small shields that had belonged to King David and were stored in the temple of God. He stationed all the people around the king with their weapons ready. They formed a line from the south side of the temple around to the north side all around the altar. Then Jehoiada and his sons brought out Joash, the king's son, placed the crown on his head and presented him a copy of God's law. They anointed him and proclaimed him king, and everyone shouted, Long live the king. When Natalia heard the noise of the people running and the shouts of praise to the king, she hurried to the Lord's temple to see what was happening. When she arrived, she saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the pillars of the temple entrance. The commanders and trumpeters were surrounding him and people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Singers with musical instruments were leading the people in great celebration. When Athaliah saw this, saw all this, she tore her clothing in despair and shouted treason, treason. Then Jehoiada the priest ordered the commanders who were in charge of the troops take her to the soldiers in front of the temple. And kill anyone who tries to rescue her. For the priest had said she must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her and led her out to the entrance of the horse gate on the palace grounds and they killed her there. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between himself and the king and the people they would be the Lord's people. And all the people went over to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They demolished the altars and smashed the idols, and they killed Martin the priest of Baal in front of the altars. Jehoiada now put the priests and Levites in charge of the temple of the Lord, following all the directions given by David. He also commanded them to present burnt offerings to the Lord as prescribed by the law of Moses, and to sing and rejoice as David had instructed. He also stationed gatekeepers at the gate of the Lord's temple to keep out those who for any reason were certainly Ceremony unclean. Then the commanders, nobles, rulers, and all the people of the land escorted the king from the temple of the Lord. They went through the upper gate and into the palace, and they seated the king on the royal throne. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was peaceful because Athalia had been killed. Wow, they just didn't like it. That's amazing. Would you like to read the uh, commentary? Sure.
1: It says today's study in 2 Chronicles twenty-one, five seven. Jehoram, the new king of Judah, married Athaliah, a daughter of King Ahab of Israel. The kingdom of Israel had long been long since abandoned God, but the kingdom of Judah had fared somewhat better. Athaliah's appearance in Judah would cost a long shadow would cast a long shadow over the kingdom of Judah's faithfulness was growing thin and weak. After the tragic deaths of her husband and son, Athaliah consolidated her power, murdering nearly every one of her grandsons. God's promise to David hung by a thread by the life of a toddler hiding with his nurse in a bedroom. It was through the courage and the faithfulness of one man, Jehoiada the priest, that God's promise endured. Jehoiada acted swiftly and then waited quietly while Atalia raged and ruled. Jehoiada planned and prayed. Wow, our faithfulness can be shaken when God's promises seem to be tattered and there and tread bare. But God uses the faithfulness of a few, even of one man, to bring salvation to many. Romans 5:19. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. When your hope seems lost, remember Jehoiada, Jehoiada, and imagine what one act of faithful obedience would do. And yeah, wow, that's amazing.
0: Uh, I think, to my calculations, Jehoiada was about twelve years old. Yeah. I'm not sure because he was. Uh, they were hidden for six years. But then he was an infant when they put him away, so he must have been about maybe seven or eight when they put him to power. Uh-huh. See, Joash remained hidden in the temple of God for six years while the ruled the land. Infant son, Joash, so infant could have been two years, huh? mm huh
1: hidden for six years wow so then maybe he
0: was dead. still in diapers wow he
1: was hidden I
0: mean, he must right. have been seven years old God's perfect number mm-hmm. David's age David would have been a great king huh mm-hmm. little David yeah definitely <laughs> yeah, he's got the right name David
1: yeah
0: gotta read him this story okay uh, uh thank God that his word is came true and it came to pass you know
1: um, yeah but you know it's just it's, you know how did so he prayed he said he prayed and he you
0: know. it's just amazing how power changes people mm-hmm. you know they only made the guy the king because he was the oldest you know but not necessarily the most qualified and then power came to him and he became jealous of his brothers and he, and he killed them all um, the guy that lost it all, his stomach. I was wondering if his vows came out from his butt mm-hmm. or from his, your vows come out. That was his guts, huh? Yeah. And he could have probably, uh, he probably could have barfed them up. We heard of people barfing mm-hmm. up yeah. pieces of their vowels. What a terrible death, huh? Yeah. You know, it, it's
1: just kind of like David, okay, so God had mercy only because he had the covenant with David, right? hmm But, you know, it's it's just, it says over here that he, um, then the Lord stirred, it's up to number 16, then the Lord stirred up the Philistines and the Arabs who lived near the Ethiopians to attack Jehoram. They marched against Judah, broke down his defenses, and carried away everything of value in the royal palace, including the king's son and his wives. Only his youngest son, Asahaya, was spared. So everyone else got taken, but the youngest son was was spared so he could continue carrying on the the covenant, right?
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. But, you know, I like the commentary where it just points out that Jerohim, or Jeroh the priest, he acted with courage, faithfulness, and he prayed acted for a long swiftly time. and waited quietly.
0: I waited for the right time.
1: Right. And he planned and he prayed. Amen. Wow. Well, that tea's really good. I'm like. I was struggling to read that. (laughs) Okay, um, anything else?
0: No, let's go on. Um,
1: Romans chapter 11, verse 13 to 36. I, Paul, am saying this all, saying all this especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. Um, I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save some of them. For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who are dead. And since Abraham and other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Just as the entire batch of dough is holy because the Portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, then the branches will be too. Okay, let's see. All right. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, have been broken off. And you Gentiles were branches from a wild olive tree and have been grafted in. Amen to that, Lord. So now you're, you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Notice, wow, that's a good point. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe towards those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in again. For God has the power to graft them back into the tree. You by nature were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature, by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourself. Some of the people of Israel have have hard hearts, but this will this will only last until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. And so all of Israel will be saved. As the scriptures say, the one who, who rescues will come from Jerusalem and he will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them that I will take away their sins. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news and this benefits you Gentiles. Yes, there's still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors Abraham, Isaac and Jacob for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Amen. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against them, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you, so that they will share in God's mercy. They too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience, so he could have mercy on everyone. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge! How impossible is it for us to understand His decisions and His ways! For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give Him advice? And who has given Him so much that He needs to pay it back? For everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever! Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: That's a great, great scripture
0: there. Amen. Okay, uh, one of the questions this thing right here has got a special insert. In addition, we'll go ahead and read today's uh, commentary.
1: What is God's overachieving? No, the other one. Um, I'll read that. Where oh. Uh, God called the Jews to be the source of God's blessing to the whole world. See Genesis 12:3. When the Jews neglected this mission, God blessed the whole world anyway through the Jewish Messiah. God has great, God, in his great power, was able to transform their failures into his fulfillment. In the same way today, God calls believers to be a source of God's blessing to the world. Christians have great, a great privilege just as the Jews did, to be part of God's blessings, not for themselves only, but for all the people everywhere. Christians can't be a blessing in, Christians can be a blessing in so many ways. by being honest in business relationships, by looking out for neighbors in need, by welcoming strangers into your circle of friends, by raising your kids to love God and people, by accepting people who have no family, Every relationship you have is an opportunity to be a blessing. God's plan to bless all people will not be thwarted. Are you going to be part of it?
0: Amen. That's pretty good because, you know, He does supply all our needs so we can be cordial. We can, you know, within reason, put out a hand and, uh, and welcome people in community as Christians, you know, and and, uh, always be with your antenna up for the hurting. Okay, what is God's question? What is God's overreaching plan of salvation and how does it involve Jews and Gentiles? One of the key things in Romans is that God has brought the Gentiles into the people of God while remaining faithful to his promises to Israel in Romans 10, 11, 11-32, Paul describes God's plan to save all nations in four distinct stages. First, the good news proclaimed to the Jews, who respond mostly with unbelief, using Paul's central metaphor of the olive tree, some of these branches from Abraham's tree have been broken off, Romans 11:17. Paul had already experienced this stage. He shared the good news with Jews in the synagogues all over eastern Mediterranean Basin, but many Jews rejected the message, Acts 18, 4 and 6. Then many Gentiles responded to the message with faith as the natural branches were broken off, the Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in, Romans 11:17. After being re- Resisted in the synagogue, Paul and the other apostles offered salvation to the Gentiles, and many responded in faith. Acts 13, 48, 49. By the time Paul wrote Romans, the church in Rome was largely a Gentile community. Next, many Jews responded to the good news with faith. In the future, the natural branches will be grafted again. In Romans 11:23, seeing that the Gentiles enjoying the blessings of salvation, the Jewish people will become jealous and respond to the good news. Finally, God poured out great blessings on the world, including the resurrection from the dead. When Jews finally turn to the Lord in greater numbers, there will be a much greater blessing, and the dead will be resurrected, Romans 11, 12, and 15. The end of history will see a great community of Jews and Gentiles praising God for his mercy. Then all people will see and understand the great wisdom and love of God. Amen. That's amazing what it's saying. It's saying that all the Jews that didn't believe that are dead right now, Mm -hmm. as I understand it correctly, Uh are going to be raised again and give them another chance to say yes to the kingdom of God.
1: That's pretty radical, isn't
0: it? That is a radical thinking. Man. That's
1: very radical. But it, but it, the people that...
0: that okay, is so God now, what's mercy. going to happen to the
1: people that are dead in the graves that didn't believe, that are
0: non-Jewish? Well, that's another... Yeah, that one, I, I guess they're going to be judged, you know, and thrown into the lake of fire. No? Good question. But, but what about... Where was that part of The question was- is, the Jews that didn't believe in our race and they have a promise that they will be grafted right. and will believe. Back in. That's the question.
1: Right. Where did you? Where is that part at that you said?
0: Well, that's what it seems like right here. Finally, God pours out great blessings on the world, including the resurrection from the dead. When Jews finally turn to the Lord in great numbers, there will meet greater blessings and the dead will be resurrected. Romans 11, 12, and 15. Read verse 12 and 15. Wow. It says, For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will even be more wonderful, their acceptance. It will be life for those who are dead. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I was
0: reading. So, there will be life for those who are dead. There it is. It will be life for those who are dead. <laughs> the only thing I can think of the difference is a good question what about the Gentiles as opposed to the uh, the difference between those two groups is that the the Jews have the word of God grafted in them.
1: Right. They're the original chosen.
0: But they, they study the word of God and the word of God is like a battery that's still inside yeah. them and it's still working. The battery still has life. So when they're resurrected uh they had learned the Psalms, the Proverbs, you know, the mercies of God, the, the promises of God. Really, I'm going to send you a Messiah. Right. So that's why they they have the promise of, of God in them, and they and they will be easily resurrected and easily come to the Lord because their their flesh won't no longer be a, a deterrent, but their spirit will be able to see able to see Christ easily. That's heavy stuff. Yeah. Never thought I had something that heavy. That is amazing. You know, when Jesus, now Ooh. I wonder when Jesus was raised from the dead. Uh, other people that were was raised from the dead too. It right. says right mm-hmm. there. On only in one scripture does it mention in Matthew. Matthew,
1: yeah.
0: That said, dead who got up. And they went into Jerusalem. Yeah,
1: that, that's very clear. You <laughs> hey, can.
0: wait, you marry that guy. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or, 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 so that right there. So that, those dead probably believe in Jesus themselves there. They didn't, write too much, they didn't write any about him, but they easily believe. That's what they're talking oh. about, right?
1: Yeah. Um, but I like what it says. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He's severe towards those who disobeyed, but kind to you. Okay, If you continue to trust in His kindness. Kind as, to as, you. As if you continue to trust in His kindness. I mean,
0: you in believe in He's kind? In other words, if you have, with Proverbs 3, if you have mercy and loyalty tied around your neck, you continue to be kind. Yes, but if
1: you stop trusting, you will also be cut off.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that. What Jesus said, the only denial is denial of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is nothing but trust. Right? You can, your consciousness, you can be pushing the Holy Spirit out, out, out. And maybe, you know, lose your salvation. Which it
1: just doesn't seem like you can lose your salvation because remember said, no one can snatch it out of my hand.
0: Well, Jesus said, the only problem is is when you when you fight the Holy Spirit.
1: So, but then you're an unbeliever.
0: No, well, 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 I don't know. What is the Holy Spirit's job? Trying to convict people James of uh, Jesus.
1: Of righteousness. Everybody
0: know what the truth is in this world, like a microwave.
1: you got to ask Fernie that question. Yeah, <laughs> that's a Fernie question. Oh, that's a real... Put it down somewhere, because it's in the book of Romans. I'll put a star by my Bible.
0: Put an F by it. Put, uh, put it way up on the corner where you can see it when you when you look for it. July twenty eighth. Put a little star way up here. I get, so Yeah. i put there. a star right here. Okay. But yeah, So then it says. Um,
1: um, okay. So in in twenty five towards the end there it says. Um, I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only, get this, until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. Mm. And so all of Israel will be saved, as the scripture says. The one who rescues will come from Jerusalem. And he will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them that I will take away their sins.
0: Wow. Amazing promise. Yeah. Where's that in the Old Testament?
1: um, Isaiah? Maybe Isaiah? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Um, That's great for a commentary.
1: Yeah. But, you know, I like the way it says. But this will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. So I guess what they're saying is like when Jesus died, the dispensation of grace you know, God is waiting for people to come in, right? We already know who's
0: elected. Thank God we were part of that. Yeah. So
1: so there's a certain number that are set to come in and God's waiting. It's his grace over these 2,000 years for those people to come in mercy grace come in and get saved and uh, and then that's when we're gonna see Jesus come to Jerusalem and he's gonna and Israel will be saved but only because they see him in the sky and and the ones that are even the Gentiles that aren't believers, are gonna stay behind. Pretty cool, huh? Beautiful. That was a good reading right there. A Psalm lot. Okay. Wait for me. Okay. Um, Psalms 22, 1 to 18. Commit yourself to God's care. Ask for His help with the things you're worried about. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved they trusted in you and were never disgraced but i'm a worm and not a man i'm a scorned i'm scorned and despised by all everyone who sees me mocks me they sneer and shake their heads saying is this the one who relies on the lord then let the lord save him if the lord loves him so much let the lord rescue him Yet you brought me uh, safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not not stay so far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surrounded me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in like lions they open their jaws against me roaring and tearing into their prey my life is poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint my heart is like wax melting within me my strength is dried up like sunbaked clay my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth you have laid me on the dust you have laid me in the dust and left me for dead My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Okay, Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. Amen. Okay, July 29th is it? Tomorrow we got we got one, two, four days more in July. There are actually three more days in July.